right, welcome to episode six of season four of the Newport Folk Podcast, the final episode before the festival. And what better way to send things off than with our annual Ask Us Anything episode. You guys asked us questions on social media about the festival, and so we're going to answer them. In this episode, you will hear from our executive producer, Jay Sweets, our associate producer, Britt Ryan, our creative director, Chris Capitosto, and from myself. So enjoy the episode. Thanks. Um, first question from Tim Bob Snow on Twitter. That's at Tim Bob Snow. The folks seem to really anticipate the mystery sets. Does Newport approach musicians with ideas like Beneath the Sacred Mountain, or did the artist propose unique sets to you? Can't wait. Uh, sometimes it's it's both, like everything we do. I think um, sometimes we know we want to work with an artist, but maybe not want them to be them or just play their songs or we come up with some cool idea. We actually, we always approach an artist that we, we may want to work with and say, do you have any ideas? So, I mean, it's it's really a, a partnership there. So it's a, it is a collaboration between us and that artist. You know, uh, I always say we just provide the space and let them make what, make what they want out of the time. Yeah, and I'd also say too, for an artist that's not necessarily on a tour cycle but wants to come do something special, it provides a good opportunity for them to do that. Yeah. And yeah. Then, know. And oh, then sorry. some artists know that this is an option and they just come out of the blue with an idea and pitch it. Those are obviously right. our favorite. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm thinking I want to go. That's exactly do- what happened with JP. We were like sitting on a random hill in Nashville and he was like, hey, I have this idea about this outside folk thing. <laughs> well, I mean, Grandma's Hands Band was a yeah. joke between uh, MC Taylor and, uh, and me over Instagram. Right. Just a joke. And, Eric- and next thing you know, it, it ends up on the main stage. It was, yeah. And Eric brought the idea for Beneath the Sacred Mountain to yep. us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Uh, Michael on Facebook says, I'm curious about the decision to not allow re-entry, specifically as a parent who likes to come in and get their kids a sensory crowd weather break. You want me to answer this one? <laughs> I'm more than happy to say that um, I'll, I'll talk about the bad reasons, and then you can talk about the good reasons. The bad reasons are, look, it's part of, unfortunately, the new world order of the world we live in. Um, we realized it was a major security concern for a variety of reasons, which I don't really want to go into. Um, but it was upon recommendation that uh, in order to make everybody more safe and secure in the welcome arms of Fort Adams, that we wouldn't allow reentry. That's the bummer part of it. But the good part is now that we, when we did a poll in a survey that the vast majority of the people, and I'm saying like in the 70% range, when asked why they, what they did with re-entry, it was to go use uh, the bathrooms at the visitor center and or to get to the ATM, which is also in the visitor center. And now the good news is the visitor center is inside the venue. So we figured that uh, one, make us more safe and secure and at the same time put what everyone was supposedly leaving to go do inside the grounds, we'd be solving solving two issues so yeah. that's that was really the 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 how we came to work it yeah the solution and i think also we increased the number of shade areas and i know in terms of family tent 
it's always a great little respite down at the corner um, near the water in terms of shade and just especially if you're looking space. for with a with a kiddo right to to, exactly. to get out of the uh, sensory overload part yep yeah in addition to that Fort Adams Trust is going to be doing a bag valet this year uh, I think one of the reasons that we saw that people were using the reentry was to bring things back and forth to their car um, uh, either to get supplies or to bring merch back uh, and so the bag valet hopefully will will help alleviate that uh, for for some people obviously not for everyone so in addition to that at the merch tent this year uh, which again has changed locations is going to be out in front of the the museum we are going to offer um, a certain amount of our posters for ship to home so we'll have a special line that you can go to and buy a ship to home poster uh, and basically what that means is you don't have to carry a tube around all day um, and so we're gonna we're gonna try this, and if it works, hopefully we'll expand the ability for people to be able to, to ship merch home um, in years to come. And they won't have to ship merch home, right? They just have an option to do it. They just have an option to do it on the poster, just the only poster. the poster. Yeah, right. uh, but they don't have to. Um, the majority of posters will be sold for sale, um, and they can take them away with them. But a certain percentage of them will be available for ship to home. All right, cool. That covers that. Uh, Edward on Facebook said, please don't schedule Jason Isbell and Sergio Simpson at the same time. Please and thank you. Noted. 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 <laughs> Next. Uh, Nicholas on Facebook asks, I still have beer tokens from last year's festival, those Vegas-style poker chips. Can those be used this year, or should they be left home? Same goes to the stainless steel clean canteen pint cup with the festival logo from last year. Is that something I can bring and have filled at the beer pier? Yes and yes, you can bring them both back. The tokens are good to be used again this year. Um, everything will still be $8 down at our beer pier in our beer garden. Um, and please definitely bring those steel pints if you have them. We'll also have some available for sale again this year. Cool. Uh, Steve, cool. On. <laughs> yeah. cool. Uh, Steve on Facebook asks, who does the sound for the bands? Does Newport provide the sound men or do the bands use their own? It's probably a brick question. Yeah, we have awesome sound companies. Um, Maryland Sound does our fort stage. Klondike Sound does our quad and harbor stages. Then we have our guys Pete and Pete in the museum. Um, they're all great. A lot of bands, especially some of our bigger bands that come in, will have their own teams and might bring in their own front of house technician or their own consoles. And we work with them to coordinate all of that. But if they don't, our team is there to take good care of them. Nice. Uh, next, uh, Neil on Facebook asks, why do you allow so few to snatch up so many tickets only to scalp them down the road for outrageous prices? <laughs> I'm only laughing, and I'm definitely going to take this one because of my personal war on scalping. I actually think we go so far above and beyond to make the opposite of what that person just said to be true. Um, I do appreciate that it's difficult to get Newport tickets, and we thank you for that trust that you give us, and it means a lot to us, and to repay you as best we can to make sure that these tickets get into the hands of the people that we really want at the festival. We do things like put a ticket limit. We don't allow the barcodes to be pushed out till, I don't know, a couple weeks before the festival, which makes it much more difficult to actually trade the tickets. July 17th this year, right? July 17th. Um, and uh, the which I think is probably the day this podcast is going to come out. And then I would also say that we have formed a really unique partnership with Light, uh, and we basically have created our own fan-to-fan marketplace, which is really the only safest way you can do tickets. And, and by the way, 
outrageous prices, we actually are the people that set the limit that they can only trade at face value. I mean, we, we were the ones that just said, if you were going to create this thing where, you know, in the in the Pete Seeger egalitarian you know DNA that is our festival, we just said you you know we'll we'll create a safe space for people to trade tickets, but it has to be at face value. Um, I I think I've I get on probably a little bit too much on my soapbox on Twitter and just rail on every secondary market I can. Um, I I agree that it's uh, it's an alarming thing that happens at a lot of other events, but I think. I think the the number that I've heard in the last two years of us working with Light and doing a really proactive job of begging our fans that if they are going to have to give tickets up to use our our uh, personalized platform through Light, um, that we've taken seventy percent uh, of the secondary market out of play when it comes to the Newport Folk Festival. So, I think we we do a pretty good job. Cool. Uh, the only thing I might add to that is that on those transactions on Light, the festival makes zero dollars. Uh, we for went having a fee uh, in order to keep that at face value for for our fans. Nice. Uh, on Twitter at sincerely four hundred one. It's a great Twitter handle. Uh, any tips for attending the festival with a breastfeed infant and for lactating moms who will need to pump and safely store milk while there? Uh, yeah, our DMAT tent is located behind the harbor stage, and they are able to help you with all of that. Great. Uh, at Tim Bob Snow, I think he already asked a question, but we'll give him two. At last year's festival... He's got two names, Tim Bob. Tim Bob. So. Sure. He's got two this questions. is Bob now. Uh, <laughs> at last year's festival, notifications were sent out shortly before some family tent and museum stage performances. Are the schedules for those performances established well in advance, or are there some in-the-moment performances? Um, I think the family tents, it's kind of a combination of both. And there might be an artist that is listed in a push notification that brings along a friend or two while they're literally walking over to the family tent. They might run into someone. I think that's happened quite a few times. Um, I do know our friends at Late July are pretty good about posting the schedule within the tent that morning. Um, but yeah, there's always room for friends to join in. Uh, Evan on Facebook says, how many tickets are sold for 2018 compared to five years ago? Exactly the same. Yeah. 10,000 tickets a day. Yeah, it's a state park. There's a capacity. Uh, Matt says, how far back on light waitlist is too far back at this point? I want to take that one. Uh, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And what I mean by that is the more um, the people who are on light can actually go plead. And if they see people posting on Craigslist or other StubHub or other secondary markets that are not our own um you know it's it's really up to how much our own people want to canvas others and say please please if you are not using your ticket please use light we try to do it as much as we can through our megaphone but the more people that are in the folk family that let people know hey if your plans change and you don't do that please please post it on light we're we all we we want as many of our folk people to get in as possible and we just want to make sure that you know People aren't also punching up the price on the secondary sites, and um, so and it's, you know, you not create your own army. It's it's, it's it's the scalping army. Go create. Uh, I'd love to create our own scalping army that goes and and pleads with people to put them on on ours. So I, I wish I could say that if you were number whatever, that you have a better chance. But that's really up to whoever's listening to this to to better your chances. Uh, let's see, what do we have next? Dylan says, has it ever been considered to do a membership perk level that includes after shows pre-sale? Um, I can take this you one. You take that one. Uh, for those of you that don't know, we do have a membership program, which has some um, great benefits, and all of the uh, membership donations go towards funding our music education initiatives for our foundation. 
Um, at the lower level of the membership, they don't have access to after shows. Um, it's really just guaranteeing your tickets for the next year. Um, but at the higher level uh, for the membership program, you do get uh, after shows. You get one, two tickets to one after show. And if so, that sounds confusing, the best thing to yeah. do is actually go visit Dan, whose voice you're hearing, in the foundation tent and let him... Located next to the museum. Uh, where uh, the old merch tent used to be. Yeah. And um, then you just... Yeah. Cool. The new merch tent will be located by the entrance. Nice. That was a little plug for <laughs> <laughs> any chance you get. Plug the merch. Uh, Phil said, "How's it going?" I believe that's Phil McGowan, our good friend. We're thirty days out. <laughs> Hi, Phil. What's up? Still have giant lists, but all will be well. It's, it's a little tense in the office. <laughs> the fact that we're even spending twenty minutes the to, real do, tell, to do this is actually impressive. The real tell is none of us have a Lagunitas in our hand <laughs> like we normally do. <laughs> yeah, we're so all too sad. busy this we're year. We're too seemingly. low functioning <laughs> to even coordinate that. <laughs> We'd all be asleep at the end of the yeah, podcast. Exactly. Uh, let's see. At O-I-A-M Kim, how does a folk artist get noticed and then invited to perform in the best folk festival on the planet, a.k.a. Is that asking, one ours? Is that, it's our festival. I believe that's yeah, our okay. festival, yes. Um, we sort of covered that already. We covered that in our Discovery episode, which was the first episode of season four. So go to newportfolk.org slash podcast and listen to the first episode. John emailed and said, whenever I'm feeling politically depressed, I think back to the Speak Out set from last year, and I'm remotivated to stay engaged. Will the Change is Gonna Come set for this year be my refuel, because I'm needing it? Well, that's certainly the hope. I mean, I think that, again, what I've been harping on for a couple of years now is is really making sure the fort is, um, is energized, is charged up, and if you feel something uh, that you can speak about, whatever your feelings are on any particular issue, that moves you uh, safely and freely at the festival. It goes for our fans and our artists uh, to really have that safe space to communicate with each other because I think that's the most important thing. Uh, so I would say we are extremely political. We're we're extremely bipartisan, and we are extremely, uh, uh, I should say, fervently. Uh, impassioned about uh, what our friends headcount are doing because to to me personally um, you know if you want to say something use your vote and and I and I, if you're not registered to vote you can't do that but as far as getting charged up um, I think that set in particular is something where we do hope is very much in line with say what happened at speak out last year where it will be a chance um, for artists to speak their mind about you know particular issue and 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 again i hope our audience accept it with with as much openness as they did last year yeah and i'm just going to add one more thing uh i think in the last podcast episode we were talking about keen keen's going to be on site in the quad um in one of the casemates and they have a really cool activation this year called the call to action phone booths where they will have call scripts on different Subjects, or if you have a cause that you care about, they'll have all of your senators and congresspeople, um, and you can make direct phone calls from the phone booth on any issue that you care about. Um, and I think that that is uh, something I'm really excited about. I think it's totally in par with our DNA and our history. It would uh, make and I'm glad proud. To, yeah, I'm glad to see that that's continuing. Great. Uh, the Fest always, uh, this is from At Fiddle Banjos. The fest always has fantastic merch, and it always seems to sell out by the end of the weekend. With that being said, have you guys ever thought about bringing back the paper programs? 
looking back at the ones from the 60s and wishing they would come back. Sure, they'll sell. Yeah, uh, we upped our orders this year, so hopefully we don't sell out as quickly. Uh, And we super appreciate everybody supporting us and wearing our our gear. Uh, It means a lot to us. We've got some really cool new stuff. Uh, As far as programs go, again, to go back to the idea that we're on this peninsula in the ocean, you know, doing more paper on site is something that we've really tried to get away from. That being said, uh, we talk about those old program books. We have a lot of those old program books here. Um, And there is discussions about potentially doing a post-festival yearbook. And part of the reason that we would do that is you don't really know what the lineup is until you leave on Sunday. And because of that, it'd be really hard. By the way, that goes for us, us too. Yeah, Yeah. 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 it's true. So it's really hard to kind of pre-design and pre-produce those yearbooks, um, and then we they'd can be, they'd use... They'd be out of print the minute they were, they, they'd be... Yeah, they'd, they'd be obsolete. They'd be obsolete. Right. So one of the cool things about potentially doing a post-festival yearbook is that we can use photographs and stories. We know everybody who was there. We know all the stories and the cool pop-ups and unique experiences that were there, uh, and really have it be more of a souvenir after the fest as opposed to something um, for people to kind of use as a as a guide for the fest. Great. Uh, at Wendelin622, uh, the food vendor lineup, question mark, exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point. Live on the website. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Wow. All right. Cool. Uh, at Darren Nay asks, uh, what three elements are necessary to an all-time great Newport set? Oh, Darren Nay, how I miss you. Um, Darren, this is a question coming from actual folk alum. So he probably knows the answer to this question. So it seems rhetorical, Darren. But trick I will. Question. Uh, it's a trick question. <laughs> You're falling um, right into my trap. Yeah, I will say that um, I. What little advice, if ever, I give the artists is let the you, the folk, know that you know where you're playing. That you need to know that that you're at Newport and you are part of this very long lineage of artists and you can't just mail it in and give your normal set because I have a feeling that people listening to this will let you know that you know you kind of mailed it in so I always that's that's the biggest thing I would say that um, I'd say the other thing that I would uh, give for a great set is to be collaborative if possible to reach out to other people at around you're you're you know you might not think going in like oh I'm not I, I can't do that that's not me I've never really done that uh, and I think it leads to the third point, which is take chances. I mean, we are famous. Some guy did plug in an electric guitar a couple of years ago, and it was a big deal. And I think ever yeah, I think since his name then, was Howlin' Wolf. Yeah, and I think ever <laughs> since then, um, I think that has been another part of the DNA of this festival, you know, is you're playing something that's kind of bigger than you are, the name, any name that's coming, because everybody bought a ticket, didn't know who was playing. So in some respects you know the you know your ego check the ego at the door um be open to collaboration and experimentation because this is such a safe environment because again you don't have to do your greatest hits because when people bought the ticket they didn't know you were going to play so there's no expectation that you have to go play your greatest hits so i think if you follow those three somewhat simple uh philosophies i think you will have an incredible set I'm going to be a dork for a second, shove my glasses up on my nose, and also oh, say boy. that you need our production manager, our stage managers, and our audio companies. 
<laughs> so shout out to them. Yeah. You do need them you need to, to have a good set. You need to come on time. Okay, we can get particular if you want. Uh, we were only given three elements. Uh, but those are all the finer points of my other elements. Is All right, and we should probably answer the, uh, we should probably address the elephant in the room uh, at Music Graz. Ask the question, are there really more artist announcements coming or did your web team just forget? Uh, our web team is top-notch and makes no mistakes other than typos. <laughs> and what's the first part of that question? Are there really more artist announcements because the web page says... No, well, look, the, the, the elephant in the room is, in fact, you know, are there more artists to be announced? And the reality is I could be coy, and I don't really feel I want to be coy. This isn't some gimmick. This isn't something. This is the reality. And the reality is if I want to put the best lineup I can... Onto this, sometimes there are things I have to do, but and I could blame market forces, which is definitely a part of it. But besides market forces, besides all that, I've said it before, and I maybe should make it as clear as possible, which is if this festival for you is about the headliners, I don't think this is your festival. Um, I think this festival is for the people that I see lining up hours before gates are open so they can get there to see the band that they don't know, that very first artist. And I always, you know, what's amazing about Newport in many ways is how that first artist that has to play at 11 o'clock, that's the death slot on any other festival that I've been to. No artist wants to take that slot because they're usually playing to two kids playing Frisbee in front of some massive, huge monolithic structure. At Newport, every stage is almost packed before every note is played. And that's the festival that I'm trying to curate. And if that means I can announce some artists or some artists are gonna surprise and just show up and I have to figure out how to squeeze them in at the last minute, that's that's what I'm gonna do because my goal is to put the single best lineup I can. And sometimes that means not being coy on purpose. That means having to just do things, whatever it takes. It's whatever it takes to put the best lineup up, that's what I'm gonna do. And again, if this is about headliners, Sorry, <laughs> like it's really never about headliners to me because the headliner to me is we don't do a poster. So it's not even on top of some lineup. We don't do press releases. We don't do ads that have it in any particular order. And, and as we all know, no matter who is closing the day, sometimes the people who are closing the day can be outsold three to four to five to one from people who are playing earlier in the day. You know, ticket uh, on, the, on the bigger market. It's, it's not about that at Newport. I mean, sometimes it's age before youth, you know, and... Whatever the reasoning is, the lineup is the lineup that we can put out there, and I, I'm pretty happy about it. And I'm also thinking that, to me, the most important thing is servicing the people that get there to see the whole show and as many artists as they can. At the same time, what I care about the most, and I think I'm speaking on behalf of the entire table, is how do you feel when you walk out of the gates on Sunday? Because that's what I care about. Did you feel... It was worth it. Did you feel like another one in the books? Did you feel like, wow, I don't feel that way going to any other music event? Because if that happens, who cares who is playing last? That's so, so maybe that's the long answer, but the concise answer is no, no more artists are to be announced. There's your concise one. I was born on the Junko River Where the dragon surely dwells And St. Justin with the mighty word Totally dwells All right, well, that wraps up the final episode before the festival. If we didn't get to your question and you're still looking for an answer, feel free to email folk at gmail.com and someone from our staff will get back to you. But as always, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. 
and for your support of the festival in general. We will see you guys next week. Yes, everybody in the whole damn place has got to have a good time. It's tough fall over Oh, you said you scared me sober All around my old hometown I was known as a loner Oh, you know I was a lonely I just like being alone It's hard Dragon surely dwells. When Saint George stood with a mighty word.